Good afternoon. Welcome to Midday Magazine for Thursday, the 31st of August. I'm Julie Hersey. School started Tuesday for most of Petersburg students, and several new teachers are joining the Petersburg School District this year. KFSK will be airing conversations with some of the teachers during the first week of school. Sharon Paulson is one of two new fourth grade teachers. She and her family moved to Petersburg from Juneau, where she taught middle school art. Most of her teaching experience has been with middle and high school age kids, and she told KFSK's Hannah Floor that she looks forward to the enthusiasm of elementary students. I'm excited about it because I've been teaching in the middle school level for a few years, and I'm kind of thrilled to uh, be teaching a younger crowd. Uh, What do you see as the difference between those two age ranges? There's a big difference between those age um, age levels. You know, in fourth grade, they're starting to kind of assert independence in little ways, but they're still really excited about school. Um, They're just starting to really hit into that, um, that social is so important. They're like socialization and like working with other kids. And that's really, really important. And middle school, it's all about social, but fourth grade, they're just kind of on the edge of that. Mm -hmm. So, so being part of that, that shift is really exciting to you. Yeah. It's really, I'm, I'm interested to see the, the huge, the huge distinction between fourth grade and the sixth, seventh and eighth grade that I've been working with for the past four years. Yeah. Um, how did you get interested in teaching? How did you find your way to this career? Well, let's see. Uh, My undergraduate is in art. I graduated from college. I worked at my small town newspaper for a few years. And then I discovered substitute teaching. Someone was like, you could substitute teach. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, as I was shifting into other things. And I did, and it was really fun to spend all day with kids, and they're really funny. Um, I'd spent, like, I got to laugh all day long, which was so different from some of my days. So um, they really were just intriguing to me, and I enjoyed spending time uh, in the classroom. And eventually I thought to myself, you know what? Kids are pretty fun, and I think um, I want to go into teaching because it's just a really interesting a really interesting profession. And so I went back to school and got my master's in teaching. How long have you been teaching for? This is year number eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say your teaching style is? My first, the first thing that I always want to do with a new class is really just get to know my class. Um, my emphasis is on just like building relationships with my students and helping them to feel at ease in the classroom. Um, and then I like to guide. I'm a guider and I try to steer them in, in the directions they need to go, but help them think that they got there themselves. Uh, is there anything you're ex- really excited about for this coming year? Oh, I'm just really excited um to learn a lot this year because I know there's a really wonderful staff at the school. Everyone is amazing. Um, and I think it's going to be a really good year for me to learn from them and then bring that to the students. Um, so I, it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I'm curious, how, how do you know you're succeeding in the classroom? Mm, that's a really good question. I think I think it comes from when there's confidence in my students. 
when they they know what they're going to do um, and they can do it with confidence and they can feel independence and autonomy in what they're doing. I think that's a big success in the classroom. Is there anything else you want to add? Oh, I'm just really excited and honored to um, get to teach here. I'm, it's been a big move for my family and we're really happy to be here and to be a part of the community. What a great community. That was fourth grade teacher Sharon Paulson speaking with KFSK's Hannah Floor. And KFSK will be airing conversations with new teachers for the rest of this week. A little more than a month stands between now and Petersburg's municipal election, and the competition is fierce. Most of the races up and down the list are contested, including the one for borough assembly. The terms of assembly members Jeff Mucci and Dave Kensinger are ending, with four in the running for those spots. As Shelby Herbert reports, Jeff Mucci is stepping up to the plate again, and Dave Kensinger is stepping back. Jeff Miucci began his career in local government long before Petersburg was even a borough. He started out in parks and recreation, then sat on city council from 1990 to 95 and was the mayor from 95 to 99. He's throwing his name in the hat again out of his sheer love for small town politics. And as a retiree, well, he has a lot of time on his hands. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a lot of work from time to time, a lot of reading, and a lot of contacting people. Um, I kind of like the process of how policy works within the borough. Um, working with borough staff and working with community members who would like to see things done, whether it's trails or housing or childcare. Miyuchi likes the balance and diversity of ideas spread across the assembly at present. But, he says, there are a lot of big financial questions in front of them. I think we're in a very solid financial situation in town, but that's not always how it's going to be. And I think we have to have a little bit of vision to look three to five years down the line about what impacts some of the spending that we're having and you know, pay attention to the budget. And Miucci's hoping to be part of that discussion for the next three years. If he gets reelected, he wants to hold the line in support of a controversial new hospital project, but also keep working to assuage its critics. We have to work hand in hand with the hospital board to make sure we help them with the ideas that they're pretty trying to put forward for a new hospital um, and still ask the hard questions about finances. Um, we hear from the neighbors of where the new hospital is going to go and I think it's important to see what we can do to mitigate some of their concerns. Also on Miyuchi's agenda is advancing collaboration between the borough and the local tribal government. Petersburg Indian Association. Uh, their president, Chris Morrison, is very proactive in leading them in a, a good direction, and I think there should be an opportunity for both of those governments to sit down and talk about what they have in common and see what they like to work on, and, and for the borough to understand more what's important to the tribal members of the community. Miuchi wants to stick around to help implement the protocols set forth by APEI, which is concluding a review of the borough's safety and hiring practices. He also sits on the borough's housing task force and wants to continue working to identify housing needs in the community. Miucci's colleague in the assembly and on the housing task force, Dave Kensinger, has decided to bow out. He says it's time for some new blood. Time for a younger set of people to start getting involved in local government. I'm going to be 69 next month, and I'm a strong believer that we need to have more women and more young people younger people on the assembly 
and in all of our boards and commissions. Aside from Miyuchi, there are three other contenders for the two assembly seats. Rob Schwartz, Rick Perkins, and former assembly member Jay Stanton Gregor. Kensinger isn't shy about his preferences for a potential successor. Jay's the one that actually talked to me and uh, I won't say strong arm, but kind of convinced me that I needed to run for assembly three years ago. And I feel good uh, not running for the assembly since he is running. And now Kensinger wants to return that encouragement to Stanton Greger, who lost his assembly seat in last year's election. Kensinger says they don't see eye to eye on everything, but they agree on his two biggest priorities, building the new hospital and maintaining adequate funding for Petersburg school district. I feel that if we don't do those two things, um, I think we're going to have a lot of problems. With two assembly meetings to go before Election Day, there's one thing Kensinger wants to accomplish before he leaves. His swan song to the community is raising the minimum age for those who can operate borough vehicles. Anybody under the age of 25 cannot drive a borough vehicle unless they have a CDL, a commercial driver's license, or chauffeur's license. It's just a real common sense ordinance. He says a vehicular tragedy that claimed the lives of two borough employees in 2016 spurred the idea for the ordinance. I don't really care to revisit that accident because it's been litigated in court for seven years. But what I do think the community wants is they want to know that the borough is fostering a culture of safety that I think if we had had that, that accident might not have happened. I don't want to have something horrible like that happen 10, 15 years from now, we're all long and gone. At present, the only community members running for the two open assembly seats are Jeff Miucci, Rob Schwartz, Rick Perkins, and Jay Stanton Greger. The deadline to submit letters of intent for write-in candidates is Tuesday, September 29th at 4.30 p.m. Voter registration closes this Sunday, September 3rd. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. Coast Guard rescue teams from across the state responded to five calls for help over the weekend. Teams operated rescues for fishing vessels, a cruise ship, and a stranding. As Brian Benoit reports from Kodiak, it made for a busy end to the summer. The factory trawling vessel Northern Eagle was the first boat to require assistance on Friday morning. A press release from the U.S. Coast Guard says a 26-year-old crew member was experiencing abdominal pain and a medevac request was made a bit after 6 a.m. A Coast Guard helicopter arrived two hours later. The crew member was brought to St. Paul Island and then to Anchorage that evening for further care. Later that afternoon, another request for help. The Asian Majesty was nearly 500 miles southwest of Dutch Harbor and a 41-year-old man was experiencing chest pain. The fishing vessel's crew agreed to meet a Coast Guard helicopter closer to the island community. The patient was brought to Cold Bay and then transferred to Anchorage that evening as well. Saturday also had rescue crews busy. Calls included an 83-year-old passenger aboard the cruise ship Nordam in Prince William Sound who was showing symptoms of a stroke. A Coast Guard team took him to awaiting emergency medical services at the Ted Stevens Anchorage International Airport. Also, there was a 73-year-old woman near Funter Bay who was experiencing seizures. A Coast Guard rescue boat from the station in Juneau brought paramedics to the woman and then brought her to a local hospital for further treatment.
Meanwhile, in Cordova, police called for Coast Guard assistance to help five people stranded near Port Gravina due to poor weather. The Coast Guard sent a helicopter from Kodiak that arrived that morning. Two people were experiencing symptoms of hypothermia and were brought to awaiting emergency medical services in Cordova. A rescue swimmer helped bring the other three crew members back to their vessel. In the press release Monday, Coast Guard leaders commended the rescue teams, saying many of the weekend responses happened in adverse conditions, including rough seas and high winds. They say at least two of the nine people served would have died without Coast Guard intervention. In Kodiak, I'm Brian Benoit. The Homer Farmers Market hosted Zucchini Fest, an afternoon of races and a parade centered around this summer squash. Jamie Deep reports on the first Zucchini Fest since 2019. Joey Lothian leads the crowd through races for a familiar festival that returned to the Homer Farmer's Market last Saturday. Tents sheltered families from the rain as they gathered to build race cars for Zucchini Fest. The only catch? The cars needed zucchinis attached to them, which could be purchased in the market. Tubs filled with toy cars, ribbons, duct tape, rubber bands, figurines, and more sat ready for people to use. Luce Ratterman, one of more than 10 racers, took full advantage of the supplies provided. I have two trolls, a tiger, an entire roll of cape, two seashell necklaces, control panels in the car that I kind of want. After assembling their cars, the market held a parade where they crowned the Zucchini Queenie, the event's version of a fair queen. Zuba Dorval, the 2019 queen, led the parade around the market and crowned Jennifer Castellani as this year's queen, donning her with a crown and cape. After the parade, people gathered around the racetrack as two competitors released their cars at a time. Rebecca Ross and Liam James stood at the side as zucchini car field medics, carrying toppled cars away on a stretcher. (laughs) Susan Miller is one of the organizers of the event. She's been involved with the farmer's market for over 20 years with her husband. She said the wet summer weather made it unclear if they would be able to hold Zucchini Fest in the first place. This year, we didn't know if we were going to do Zucchini Fest until, I think, like three weeks ago, because there weren't any zucchinis, (laughs) because it's been so wet. But we pulled it off at the last minute. Lauren Giroux, director of the Homer Farmer's Market, said that the annual event is one of many that were canceled for numerous years due to the COVID-19 pandemic but they're hoping to bring back more events in future years. Every summer since COVID, the market has gotten a little bigger, you know, more vendors and we've stayed busy. And so it's really exciting to see that energy coming back. At the end of the races, every competitor is a winner and walks away with a gift certificate for the farmer's market. The Homer Farmer's Market will continue to run until the end of September, with some vendors remaining until October 28th. In Homer, I'm Jamie Deep. And that's it for today's Midday Magazine. Coming up next, we'll have local and marine weather. And after that, messages.